Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her in pastors. <laughs> Love it. My name is Summer and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And Joy, I want you to know that you are the Deborah to my Israelite army. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, are we, you know, I actually realized, are we here to put the her in pastor? <laughs> We're going to take it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> Nothing we say in the opening of any of our shows is real. It's... Fi- <laughs> My phone's ringing. Oh. Sorry, whoever. Can I just take a moment to tell everybody about your alarm? Oh, sure. Okay. So, I, I had to sleep on Joy's floor last night which there was like a mattress there so it was great but anyway that was a weird okay (laughs) um i woke up this morning and there was like this pleasant sound filling the house and it was like piano music and like ambient sounds and i was like is that my phone what is happening like i wasn't together yet it was still kind of dark i was unsure what was going on and eventually i remembered that at one point joy had told me that she has to have an alarm that doesn't like wake you up angrily it has to like wake you up nicely because otherwise it just makes her like flustered and angry right and i was like this is joy's joy's alarm is the thing that normally puts you to sleep <laughs> that's what she chooses that's to wake like, herself up with yeah, in the morning. i like to wake up to that that's amazing I just, either way <laughs> i'll just hop out of bed and start the day right but I don't like, you know, when you snooze your alarm or you turn it off, I don't like being angry in that moment. Yeah. The moment it takes to turn over and Uh turn it off. I'm with you. Bixby wakes me up and she plays this, these beautiful noises and like tells me what the temperature is outside. It was so not disturbing. She starts reading me the news. Yeah. I like that. And I just. It's very soothing. The whole ambiance of your house is soothing. Good. So. It was it was great. I, I loved it. I loved sleeping on the floor in the your floor living mattress. room. Yeah, it was great. It's not always there. Just so you I guys know. know, I don't just have a mattress on the floor of my living room. It was special for me. Yes. Um, but you're right. I am Joy, and I'm here with my beautiful. I almost said podcast. <laughs> my beautiful podcast, Sheologians. It's mine. <laughs> I am a podcast. <laughs> I just am Sheila. Right. <laughs> I mean, are we kind of that? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. And um, I just want you to know that I love doing this podcast with you. And when I say love, I mean it in the present infinitive. Oh, beautiful. I love that. Presently, infinitively. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I was going to try and fit she or her in present infinitive, but right. it's not there. Right. Present. 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 
Prescient anyway. is one of my favorite words. Um, so I was recently listening to a, a podcast because I listen to podcasts, which when I started podcasting, I didn't listen to podcasts. Right. And now I listen to podcasts. I listen to way too many of them. Way too many podcasts. Um, and they were, they're like a real podcast though. They're not like us. They're like produced right. and like, Oh, I know the kind, you know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, they're one of those. They're like, yeah. Anyway, they have like music yeah. mixed specially for each episode. Yeah. HelloFresh pays them thousands of <laughs> right. dollars to advertise. HelloFresh come at us. Hey, <laughs> so I was listening to one of those podcasts and they were like, just so you guys know, We've discovered that after we play like our ending music, you all just shut us off. And after we play our ending music is when we tell you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and we tell you what's going on. So we're just going to stick you with it now. So, Joy, will you tell them our voicemail number? (laughs) Yes, I will. (laughs) It is 470-465-0475. We have some really amazing voicemails that we've gotten recently, right. but I just ha- we haven't been telling you guys about it. Yeah. So you can call us and leave a voicemail. We love hearing your voices yeah. and the weird things you say yeah. and the normal things you say. Yeah. And a lot of people message us and email us. And this is just another way to get a hold of us if you mm-hmm. want to. And I actually really love listening to your voicemails. Right. It's not. Yeah. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. And then we I like want it. Yeah. I wanted to tell you guys that Patreon has a bunch of new, what's the word, functions? Patreon has a bunch of new functions that we're going to be making use of. And so if you have not already subscribed on Patreon, um, I've, you know, thought about subscribing on Patreon every time you drink a sip of water, then you should do that. And you should head over to patreon.com slash because we are making use of a lot of like the new they basically allow you, it's like to deliver content like all the time quickly and it's like a feed and it's really interesting and we're going to be making use of that. So uh, mm. now's the time to sign up on Patreon and keep the mics on and follow us over there. So, okay. We stuck you with it in the beginning. Right. <laughs> that way you can hear it. We force you to hear it. Right. Um, so let's talk about something that... Let's talk about putting the her in pastor. Okay. We or had, taking it out. We used to get a lot more questions about this, but I feel like now people kind of have an idea that we're like stuffy, reformed people. So right. Um, you probably know where we stand a little bit on the concept of females in a pastoral position. Right. Um, we don't believe in it. But <laughs> well, and it's kind of one of those things that, depending on who you are and where you go to church, you may, I would say, more than likely, if you're listening to this podcast, you do believe that women are not supposed to be pastors. But it's one of those things, just like every piece of information, that you don't know until you learn it. Right. <laughs> so, what we realized is that it's possible that just because we know why we believe that not everyone does. Right. And we've touched on before because we used to get the question a lot. Like if you, if you don't like us, then one of your favorite questions is, well, like you guys don't believe in female pastors, but you're, you're teaching men, you have a podcast. Right. And so we've kind of addressed that before, but we haven't really gone in depth into like, well, why, 
why don't we believe that women can be pastors and what's our biblical reasoning for that? And um, it's obviously something that is so at the forefront of cultural conversation right now. Gender roles are like it's a legitimate cultural battleground, not just in the church, but in the culture at large. And so all of these things like we as Christians need to be able to answer that question and not just throw out a Bible verse, but like be able to understand why this is our position, because um, there are a lot of Christians who do believe that women can be pastors and they have studied this and they can tell you for the most part what their biblical reasoning is. And so it's not enough to just say, well, I'm reformed and, in first Timothy two, blah, blah, blah. And, and be, you can't really walk away from that anymore. Like it's not enough. Well, they're, yeah, they're not, they're not seeing the passage in first Timothy two as problematic and going, I feel like that's problematic. I'm just not going to touch it. And like, they're not doing that. No. So we shouldn't do it either. Right. Not just for (laughs) that reason, not just to engage, but we're not supposed to do that. Right. So and it's not problematic. No. So Joy, why don't you believe in female pastors? Well, so I think a good place to start is that we are mostly going to be focused on First Timothy two nine through twelve fifteen. Okay. Those are the those are some of the big verses. that people go to. Right. Um, I do want to say that um, this passage, when it's, maybe we should just read it. Yeah, do that. I don't have it pulled up. That's so stupid of me. Well, Um, I think, so... It's worth it to say, you talk about equal standing, we have equal inheritance. Sure. So, I mean, our whole thing is that we don't believe that we need feminism because scripture teaches that men and women are made in the image of God and have equal worth and value. So, there's, we don't need a secular thesis that has to borrow from our world view anyway to say that women um, have equal worth and value to men. And so I think Joy is right in that we should focus on First Timothy 2 in this discussion particularly. Um, it's just the big one. It's, it's absolutely the big one. It's a huge, it's essentially like a chunk of scripture that is just commands for women. Right. And so when we zero in on what's going on in First Timothy, um, you it you're you if you just open up First Timothy, so context is king, um, and you basically have a, an epistle that is all about what a pastor should look like, um, and right. Paul is laying out these instructions on how to be a faithful shepherd of the flock and he gives very very detailed instructions on uh, prayer church leadership qualifications for elders what to teach how to teach um, how to teach church members of all different ages um, and all different you know men women elders widows the rich 
um, church government issues. I mean, it is a very detailed book. And so given all of that, given the context of where we find this verse um, about women, which I'll have you read in a second, uh, when we look at the directions regarding women, you can't just, it's not like, well, here's this book about uh what a pastor should be and then there's also just this kind of random verse about women that's thrown in there that's not true um paul is spending all of this time uh to invest in this letter on what good and faithful churches look like and what good teaching looks like and he speaks to more than just women teaching he talks about how women should dress um and he talks about how women should be learners and and all and all of these things none of this is not divorced from the context of what people in the church should look like specifically what teachers in the church should look like so right. anyway given all of that go ahead and yeah okay so for now i'm just going to read 11 and 12 okay and then we're going to get to i included 9 to 15 for a reason just yeah. because people have issues with this passage as a whole. Sure. So 11 and 12 say, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. All right. So we have problems with that, right? I don't. I don't either. (laughs) Um, Okay. I think first of all, there's several, just bear with me while I try to kind of, like put this all together in a cohesive way. There's multiple things to address. Um, I would want to lay a foundation and say that if you think of eldership as the ultimate occupation, the best way to glorify God, uh, you're wrong. (laughs) And um, there's a component of idolatry there. So um, I believe that we're told not many should be teachers. (laughs) Right. And if you read first Timothy, you'll realize there is, it is like a rigorous calling. Yeah. And there's a lot that's required of you. Um, And there's also no text that claims that God is more glorified in the elder. Just really that he has a lot of responsibility. Yes. (laughs) Before God. Yes. Um, So it's important to remember that women, they're not being held from the highest calling that there is. Um, And I just want to let you know that if you think women are being held from the highest calling, you're not the first person to think that. Sure. It's been happening for a really long time, and it's all ended horribly. Yeah. <laughs> Feminism. Okay. <clears throat> so... I also, I've written, I have this like massive stream of consciousness written down in my notes. Um, So like I said, bear with me, please. Bearing. Um, So I think the next place that I would want to go is that um, the context of this passage is how are we to behave in church? 
Correct. Which is would be our huge distinction in that we have a podcast and we're not the pastors of a church. Correct. We don't have any of this. Like we have responsibility in the fact that we have people that listen to us. Yeah. But it's not we the have same. No, we have no spiritual authority in your life. I'm not the man of one wife. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and I would be bothered by someone's theology if they did view us as a spiritual authority in their life. Um, and right. we'll talk more later about the benefit of women in teaching roles. But right, right now, in the context of First Timothy 2, we're specifically talking about how the church is to set itself up. Right. And we are, we are church people, right. meaning that we throw <laughs> a lot of weight, because I believe that the New Testament throws a lot of weight in the church's spiritual authority in your life right. and your commitment to the church. Um, and that's why if you message us on Facebook with some kind of question that you should be asking your pastor, I mean, our auto response says, hey, just so you know, right. if you have a question about a sin issue in your life or whatever, that we would really encourage you right. not to take it to us, but to take it to your well, pastors. And even that applies to a lot of the messages we get. We love, we like getting questions we answer questions but there there are a lot of things even just questions about theology or whatever verse or yeah that you can absolutely ask your pastors yeah. and ab absolutely and i we, we aren't trying to negate either that we live in a really special time when the church is able to connect through the internet and you're you can right. learn so much from podcasts but in terms of the official spiritual authority in your life, especially for addressing sin issues. Yeah. Like that's not, we aren't it. Right. That's not us. Okay. So like I said, it's important to note this is taking place in a church yes. setting. That is, they are commands for how we are to behave in church. Now, um, as we said before, women and men are sharing the same inheritance. They're both allowed to learn, which, uh, you know, another Expected thing to consider to is that, um, Paul, it's a command to sit and learn. Yes. Not just to be quiet and submissive, um, which they like, depending on which translation you're reading, I think maybe there's some translations of the text that, capture that a little bit better what was being said sure in the greek sure um but so it's a command to sit and learn yes that's it's Regardless not just like gender it's not about being quiet it's about sitting and learning yeah. and you can't learn if you are shouting over the pastor <laughs> correct um yes so that's the position that uh that women take men also take that role when they're sitting in church. Yes. They're, you know, it's expected yeah. that you don't just shout out over your right. pastor. Right. Um, but uh, the only thing is that women do fall into a role that men don't, which is that is the submissiveness part is to fall right. in line under and we're not to have authority in the church. Over men. Right. That's like the particular verbiage is not authoritative authoritative teachers over a man right so i when you hear this what i want you to consider is that like i said 
women and men are sharing the same inheritance and salvation and women, the call for women to be submissive is not uh, as a result of their intellect or lack thereof. Right. Um, There's nowhere in this text that says that that's why they are to do that. So if I can interject, one of the common objections to this passage not being a universal call for all women in all time in all churches is that while the women here in this place in in, uh, Ephesus were particularly typically uneducated, but the passage ne- never mentions educational status. No. So, and you have to think, well, if educational status was a qualifi- like a necessary qualification for ministry, why wouldn't that be mentioned here? And then you also have to remember that, well, the majority of Jesus's disciples would not have been qualified for ministry then either. Right. They were tradesmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is a very common, if you read a lot of the egalitarian publications or blogs, it's, well, this was for this specific place in time based on a lack of education among the women. Right. But that's never mentioned and that's never mentioned as a positive qualification for the men either. Right. Well, and there's a very worldly view of success. Yeah. happening here yeah which is that roles equal value if you're right. a ceo of a company you're more valuable to that company right but that's not what's going on here um right so what i would want to address now i think would be a good time to bring it up is um first timothy two thirteen. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. So that seems like Eve is being punished for right. sinning. Right. So she became the weaker vessel then? No. That it was from the beginning. From the beginning. It's, that it's was rooted in the creation order. Right. Which right. is why it says it first references creation yes so it was a part of god's design that adam was the authority and eve was to be submissive yes she she was created second (laughs) and to line up under him which is like the technical translation of what submissiveness means right in greek right um so it goes on to say it furthers the point that these are how the roles are supposed to be god designed it this way by saying that eve sinned Mm-hmm. And she fell into transgression. Yes. So the idea of that, the the reason we could say that that is in there is to say, look, here's what happens when you don't follow my design. Right. Um, it's essentially like an example of what happened. That's why it's in there. Right. The, it's not in, um, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor isn't in there to say like, and this is where the roles came from because right. Eve messed up and now you guys have to be under men. Correct. That's it's not there's no punishment view here. Right. Um and so design, speaking of design, another thing that I was thinking about that I'd like to touch on um is so it's a part of God's design. We can see the practical implications of it, but ultimately it's a part of his design right it is how 
he made it. Yes. Um, so sometimes, well, sorry, think, go ahead. Think about it too. Uh, so in Adam, we all fell, right? Right. So part of our understanding of Christ's headship in our life comes from the concept of Adam in Adam, we all fell. Right. Um, and so the Bible really only sets up two categories of people, those who are in Adam and those who are in Christ. Right. And so it's interesting how usually when you take the view, like a more egalitarian view, you have this very like, well, look what Adam did kind of, it's a lot of right. finger pointing. Right. And so then when you read this, you know, um, discussion of Eve's vulnerability to deception, then that's going to make you bristle in a way that it really shouldn't. Right. Because ultimately this passage is rooted in creation order. Right. Um, and an appeal well, and to Adam that. Was, that just shows you the responsibility of the authoritative head. Right. Which is that, <laughs> right. that he essentially <laughs> is... He gets his name put on the fall yes. and Eve doesn't because <laughs> yes. ultimately he was supposed to be in right. an authoritative position and right. she was supposed to be in a submissive right. uh, position. And that's how it's been from the foundations of the world. Right. Well, and so all that talk about design and that is for lack of a better phrase, that is the way it is. Right. Um, I just want to point out that um, sometimes we are given commands and we just have to be obedient, whether right. we feel weird about it right. or not. So we, there are things that we may not fully understand, like why we can, of course, understand the practical implications of God making man the head and woman submissive. Right. But ultimately, he said it. So it is. Right. Um, so the pragmatic reasons for women making good teachers aren't really relevant and the point I'm making right now, we will get to that. Um, so the reason why I wanted to include first Timothy two nine in this is because I think it creates like an interesting juxtaposition. Cause that is a, that's a command also given right before we're given the command to sit and learn and to not disrupt and to, to line up under, um, and so in two nine, it talks about uh, a command to be modest and self-controlled in your attire. So the verses are right next to each other. <laughs> They're both commands. Um, but I would say that the debate about being modest is pretty much non-existent compared to this debate that we're talking about right now. Right. So people, they debate what constitutes modesty. Sure. But I think you would be really hard pressed to find a Christian who doesn't believe you need to be modest at all. Right. Um, so no one's throwing out this scripture, this command on modesty, um, because we understand that modesty is a command from God. We see it, we go, Oh, that's a command. I know I need to be at the, we kind of squabble, from that point, but we at least say like, yeah, like I understand the practical implications of being modest, but ultimately, right. We really right. need to be because God says so. Right. So, um, submissiveness is a part of God's design for women. Yep. It's a command. Yes. So why we can't, um, it doesn't make any sense to take these two commands that are right next to each other right. and treat one of them as though it is the way God says it is. Right. And the other one is though like, well, but I don't really like that because it makes me feel 
like I'm less than or right. right. Another interesting and this one this one really is really interesting to me. Another interesting argument against the complementarian reading of this passage, and I'll just say the biblical reading of this passage. Yeah, go for it. Um, <laughs> is that um, so? Another reason that this passage was just limited to the church that the original epistle was written to right. is because Ephesus was known for its um, women priestesses who were a part of uh, the Temple of Artemis and this very pagan practice. So Paul was kind of reacting against the popular female-led priestesses in that area. And so he was being very specific that because those pagan practices that were female-led were so popular there, the church had to stand out and be different. Right. And so... This even, was a even direct though, statement to the women of the time even though the book never mentions those pagan practices or artemis right. or um whatever was going on there so that's an interesting argument against the passage but another really that it comes up against another very popular egalitarian argument which is that well you know the reason that none of the 12 disciples were women or it wasn't really common to see female pastors back then was because well, the world back then would have really kicked against that and they wouldn't have accepted female-led religion. But that's not true because the ancient world was crawling with right. priestesses As according and to female argument, prophets. Yeah. And, um, Even though Paul was commanding women to sit and learn, quite possibly in a time where there were churches that were saying women yeah. are not allowed here a lot of female led leaders in religion back then priestesses in their temples to their fake gods right was very very common and i don't think anybody would have even blinked but that so in the truth is if you look at that time period because i mean in that first argument i mentioned like it's true that there were a lot of female led pagan religions right. Um, back then, which actually would have made the church very countercultural because they didn't invite women to be, there were no female right. apostles. And um, so basically the early church, you know, they did something that was not common for the time. They actually weren't just trying to blend in and not offend. They were doing something that was countercultural. Right. And so you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like you can't have it both ways. Right. <laughs> and so another very common egalitarian argument would be along the line of, well, but Deborah, so that's why I mentioned Deborah, right. you know, she, she did rule in a civil capacity um, in Israel. And we know that from the book of judges, but we also know that typically, um, the women ruling was a sign of judgment. That's from Isaiah 3.12. And we know that in Judges, Israel was under judgment. Right. So I don't know that building a case around <laughs> judgment right. would right. be a great case. Well, and certainly for... there there is no case to be made by using the females of the Bible that Jesus ministered to, that, right. that saw Jesus. Right. Um, 
because that isn't right. That's not speaking to a uh, pastoral capacity. Right. Um, of course, Jesus loved women. Yeah. Of course he did. Yes. And he has many interactions with them in the New Testament. Yes. Um, but those are not in a pastoral setting. Yeah. I was listening to a woman uh, the other day. She's a speaker at the If Gathering, and she was she made the case that Mary was Mary Magdalene was the first pastor because she she saw that the body was no Jesus's body was no longer in the tomb, and she went and told people about it, and therefore she's the first pastor. And oh. so <laughs> your face, I'm sorry. So the point being that if that is how you decide what qualifies a pastor, I don't think you have read any of the epistles that right. talk about the qualifications right. of a pastor. Right. Because women, there's definitely nothing in there about seeing Jesus being the first person to see Jesus when ultimate pastor right there right. <laughs> no that's false that, that's that's a lie and so a lot of confusion comes from well what does make a pastor have you spent the time to read the pastoral epistles the qualifications of an elder right um are you willing to make the distinctions that scripture makes and the answer is you should be willing to make the distinctions that scripture makes right and so let's make that dis distinction you and i talk about scripture and we tell people about it. Does that make us pastors? No. No. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay. It doesn't make us pastors. No. We're, um, none of you are being shepherded by us. Right. Um, so what, so we do believe, and, and so you do see in the New Testament, women, Paul referring to women as his co-laborers in Christ. Right. Just because you cannot be a pastor does not free. It doesn't free you from the work of doing Christian labor. Right. You should be a blessing to your church. Right. The only and it's and like you can teach. Yeah. Other women. Other women. And you can teach your children. Yes. Um. That's there's no denying that there are women that are gifted yes at teaching yes um i mean i i don't think i don't think i've met a lot of women that i would consider weak or incapable of being authoritative sure, yeah but this is where we come back to the point i made that sometimes there is a command and whether it like pragmatically makes sense to us or not right Right. There it it doesn't is. matter. It's a command. Right. And so my encourage, obviously we have a podcast and I know that, I know that men listen to it. Why is that not a right. problem? Because I am not claiming to hold any authority over your life. This I'm is not, meant to be supplemental. Right. Also. I'm not opening up the scriptures and expositing it to you weekly. Um, these are, there, there are distinctions that we must make between a podcast and the feeding of the sheep in formal communion in your church body. Right. We we strongly also believe that podcasts are not church. I strongly feel that. They can that. never be church. <laughs> never. And if they're your church, right. then please find a church that's right. not a podcast. Yes. You are putting yourself in <laughs> spiritual danger. Right. Um, if the people you listen to on podcasts are your spiritual authority. Right. Because um, we really can't, like, anyone... Even if your church is a male podcast. Right. 
um, that's even if maybe even if they're a pastor, right? Like they're not your pastor. They can't minister or to you or keep you accountable right. in any really effective way. Right. And we want women, our encouragement to women is to study, know theology, love the word of God, spend your time in right. it, be able to have these conversations. The message of first Timothy two is not that women should not have a commitment to knowing scripture right. or hearing scripture or being able to relate scripture. Right. Um, we should be able to have we should be the whole concept of iron sharpening iron isn't gender specific. Right. Um, we should be in community with each other. And that does mean that we should be in community with the people at our church uh, who are either male or female. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Our, but our relationships should have biblical guardrails and biblical boundaries in what ways are appropriate. Right. And that is what we're calling for. That's what we think is necessary. That's how God has designed it to be. And there's so much flourishing in that. Right. Um, and so the call isn't, you know, everyone just, there are times where we should divide into groups of men and women. Absolutely. I'm, I'm all for that. That's what I'm saying is that context of all of these things is king and that the way God has designed it is the most beautiful and you know, you can't just whip around Galatians 3.28. There's neither male nor female. That's that statement regarding salvation. It's regarding salvation. It's not about church government or your interpersonal relationships. Um, the point is that there is no barrier between you and Christ, depending on your gender. Right. And um, Jews and Gentiles can rejoice together. And we all have fellowship in Christ and our heirs of, like you mentioned, we're all heirs to that promise um and so there's a lot of danger in the egalitarian world um because it's so it's so against scripture and against what god has designed for us and you have to have a really unhealthy hermeneutic right um well so because you brought up an objection which is that it was referring to the women of the time so here's where my compliment comes Full circle. Yes. Let's finish on that because I love it so much. Um, so Summer and I are not Greek scholars. No, we just are related to one. You're Todd Creel's <laughs> daughter. I'm James White's daughter. <laughs> I should stop saying that because people are gonna start believing. I know, it. people are gonna think it's really true. Um okay, so the idea is that this passage was referring to women at that time right um so that's not true we are not greek scholars i am applying to the intellect of greek scholars to have this information yes um and it's a little bit it's 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 very interesting to me but just to give a little bit of clarification yes english and greek are very different they are very different (laughs) um in the greek it's there's a lot of importance placed on the tense of a word and many times the tense of the word can be seen just in the writing of the word so for example earlier i said the present infinitive of the word love well so the present indicative in english is also love in many forms 
Correct. Um, the present imperative is also love. Correct. <laughs> so we don't see, we don't necessarily see tense in a lot of our word forms. Because we speak English and that's right. not how our language is structured. Right. So you might, you could see it in the word loved or loves. Those are tense, but. That's about it. So <laughs> it's much more important than that in Greek. Which um, was the language First Timothy was written in. Right. In case. Yeah. Just, yep. So essentially the word to teach in that passage is a present infinitive this is not a matter of um just deciding that it's a present infinitive it is spelled and written as the present infinitive i'm following so um what egalitarians are doing in that moment is they're taking the present infinitive of to teach and they're making it the aorist infinitive to teach What's the difference? So the aorist infinitive refers to a form that specifies a point in time. Okay. The present infinitive is a verb form with no endings for person, number, tense, whatever. And which one was this written in? The present infinitive. Okay. So, um... So you're saying it specifically cannot be written for a single right. place in time. Otherwise, they would have used the aorist. The tense. aorist is written for a specific place in time. Yes. And that's not how this was written. Yeah. Okay. They didn't do that. And also, just so you know, exercise authority over a man is also in um, present infinitive. So infinitive <laughs> for infinity is how I can remember yes. that. Yes. It's not, it's not regarding... A specific place and time or people. Got it. It is present, so it's referring to the people of the time, but it's infinitive. If that helps, that's a bit of a simplification, but like if that helps to clarify. Good to know. So it's just really not written that way. Correct. It's it's not what the text means. Um, And so because most of us are not Greek scholars, myself included, it would be very easy to change that tense. Yes to what you'd like for it to say right um but it just doesn't say that right so yeah um i think that's kind of well okay oh i did want to talk about okay okay whoa how was i gonna forget 215 i don't know how were you gonna do that because 215 is where we all freak out okay (laughs) 215 yet she will be saved through childbearing oh no that's if they own continue podcast. in faith Joy. and love and holiness no, and self-control that's own episode but it's such a problem people are gonna hear this and they're gonna be like first timothy 2 wait i can't what do you mean i can't be saved unless i have children what if i don't have children i thought salvation was by grace alone Joy, this is a, okay so i'm gonna give a very simple give it to me in three sentences i'm gonna give it a very simple answer and apparently we're gonna discuss it on a different podcast i mean it's its own episode i'm so scared right now okay so the word saved which is not necessarily used by every translation of the bible a lot of them do say preserved Okay. Um, and a lot of Greek scholars would say that's like a better, yeah, sort of it. It saved is just as good as preserved. Okay. It's just that saved does indicate some salvation to the modern day American Correct. Christian. Yes. Um, 
so uh saved through childbearing uh it seems unfair but you just have to calm down and really look into this here (laughs) um so it did that the that word in the greek did commonly mean salvation but um it did also commonly not have any salvific connotation and was closer to the word preserved Okay. So we, of course, know that the meaning of the verse cannot be that a woman receives salvation after childbirth, because that would just fly in the face of Romans 3. Of like any, everything, basically. Everything, (laughs) but we're going to go Romans 3.19. So a better word, a comparative word, it's not really even better. It's just that saved has more cultural connotations for us, um, would be preserved. So they're not saved by child be- childbearing, but you're so you don't have a kid and then you're able to be saved. Right. But you are preserved. Um, you're given this responsibility to raise children. And in that way, it like you that's it's it's just a separate responsibility. It's a separate role. It's a role that's given to women. Obviously. Um, that <laughs> that uh that will preserve and sanctify you it's essentially like well that's true right um it i mean i don't want to go on because you said you want to do a whole episode on it right so yeah this is a tough one that i don't know if we can really get through i think to put it put it in a quick little box that's what I mostly just wanted to touch on. The teaching is that the pains of childbirth, right? Because he's talking about women, right? Um, are not God's final word to women, right? Exactly. So it there's a lot you can talk about with, um, through childbearing. Like some have suggested that through childbearing refers to like the birth of Christ, but that's not true. Um, and then you have to remember that being saved through something does not have the same meaning as being saved by something. Um, and so basically there's this concept of despair and, um, you know, at the last day, every, every ounce of the curse will be undone. And so the curse being undone, I think, is a huge point of this. I don't know if we can get all into that today, but if you guys right. want us to, then you can leave well, us let's a just voicemail do an episode at four seven zero four six five zero four seven five, and let us know. Um, and maybe I'll just add. I know John Piper has a really great article on this that I can yeah. add into the notes if you guys want to read more on it, but. Anyway, what's our final encouragement to people for this? Um, that it's okay. Uh, God, God loves both men and women, <laughs> uh-huh. um, and He has given them uh, mighty roles yes. to fulfill. Yes, and they don't indicate strength or intellect. Oh. Right. Um or salvation yeah uh they are purely roles given by a very very loving and faithful god yep um and there you go 
sometimes that's enough, right? It is. It's more than enough. I find so much rest in remembering that God is good and that he uh, created us in such a way that at any time we are following his commands, we will be the happiest. Right. That's just the truth of the matter. Right. And if you, if you think that he designated the roles incorrectly, shame just, on you. We'll just consider that he made us. Yeah. If you he think made that, male and female, you're wrong. If you ever think you know better than God, it's you're just wrong. not true. It's, it's not, not true. You're wrong. That's all, the end. You're wrong. All right, guys, that's all we have for this week. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing a feminist of the week. And well, because I think we just our entire did. thing was about <laughs> we just did the feminist yeah. of the week. Yes, we did. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you next week. See ya.